to the Hybrid Cub Scout Podcast with me, Emily Einelander. And me, Corinne Pulaski. Hello! Hello! <laughs> we are mapping the frontier between traditional and indie publishing still and again. <laughs> <laughs> and we are very happy to be back from our very extended hiatus just in time for our favorite episode of every year. It is our fourth year, holy shit, is it really? Yes! Of Halloween episodes. If you want to go back and behold our joy, you can look back at episodes 9, 31, and 51. Y'all couldn't see my Muppet arms. I'm so, like, I went back and counted and I said, wait, yes, this really is the fourth Halloween. That's crazy. My God, wow. Yeah. I was like, when, I was like, when should we come back from hiatus? Mm-hmm. Definitely Halloween. Definitely, of course. That is, yeah. Yeah. That is our strongest, proudest moment. Yes. Agreed. Um, so speaking of that, I wanted to kind of back, go back over some old info from our previous episodes on Halloween. And I started with an update on our first episode, which was uh, writers who kill. Um, and we had told the story of Nancy Brophy, who was a, or is a Portland romance author Um, and she allegedly killed her husband, um, hasn't been, hasn't been proven in a court of law yet. And she said, said not guilty. So innocent until proven guilty. However, more on that soon. Um, (laughs) so yeah, we talked about in 2018, but it was like a couple months after it happened and there wasn't much, you know, other information than she'd been arrested. So the update I found was from 2020 when she was um, trying to uh, get out of prison because of COVID. So this article that I took some information from and Corinne will be uh, uh, reading excerpts from is from the Daily Beast in an article by Rachel Old- Oldig. Okay. Nearly two years after Brophy was shot in the back at his work, prosecutors finally revealed a motive in the sensational case this week and outlined some of the meticulous planning Crampton Brophy allegedly went to. In a written memorandum arguing against her release, Underhill said that homicide detectives had learned after interviewing the couple's friends that Crampton Brophy wanted to sell their home and travel the world, but she didn't think she could convince her husband to do it. The couple had been struggling financially for years, falling $6,000 behind in mortgage repayments, while Crampton Brophy paid $16,000 in insurance premiums during 2017. Her self-published romance novels were financial flops too, Underhill wrote. After Brophy's death, Crampton Brophy stood to receive around $300,000 in home equity and $1.15 million in insurance payouts, including life insurance and a worker's compensation claim that would have been paid out because Brophy was killed at work. She was an insurance agent and sold herself the policies for which she was the sole beneficiary under Hill Rope. Dan Brophy was content in his simplistic lifestyle, but Nancy Brophy wanted something more, he argued. As Nancy Brophy became more financially desperate and her writing career was floundering, she was left with few options. So they had discovered via her, uh, well, they found it in her house and then via her like eBay searches that she had built her own quote unquote ghost gun from a Glock kit. And it was the same type of gun that he was killed with. Ah. And then her minivan was caught on tape at the scene, which was outside the Culinary Institute, which I think is in Goose Hollow. Yeah. Um, 
but she pled not guilty. And I think I was talking about this with Nicole Wolverton, um, who I interviewed in episode 54, and she's a pretty cool, like horror person, horror author as well. But um, we talked about how her website was still up. Oh, yeah. So if you go to oh. nancybrophyauthor.com, you can see some of her old blog posts and everything just takes on this really threatening tone now. <laughs> like, like she, the year she allegedly killed her husband was 2018. And the latest kind of headline is 2018 is finally upon us. Change is an opportunity. Make this year yours. Blessings <laughs> upon you all. <laughs> which like in a normal time would be fine but it's also mm-hmm. you're looking at it now like oh my god it's her yeah. year yeah that's true um but yeah so we didn't have motive before we were just like this lady killed her husband and right. we're I think we were just yelling just get divorced a lot yeah but, that's what I thought yeah but yeah, yeah but then she couldn't sell the house and make no. a bunch of money and she'd have right. to pay lawyers and la 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 turns out she just wanted to travel the world <laughs> didn't work out. Nope. That's the update there. Also, I kind of wanted to do a little update that I had finally finished um, my best friend's exorcism. Huzzah! Yeah. So we yeah. discussed Grady Hendrix on last year's Halloween episode with Emily Edwards from Fuck Boys of Literature. Um, Corinne had read uh, my best friend's exorcism and Emily and I had read Horror Store. Horror Store. Um, but yeah, enjoying that Grady Hendrix goodness. So yeah. What did you think of it? I thought it was fun. And then it, it was really, um, it was really suspenseful mm-hmm. actually toward the end. Did it make you cry? It made me cry. No, but it did give me feelings. Okay. Well then it did its job. I well, think. I think cause yeah. you warned me that it was going to make me cry. It didn't make me cry. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I am emotionally it. prepared. <laughs> You're like, damn it. I wanted to make you cry. <laughs> I have other books I can recommend for that. Don't worry. Oh, God. but yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Don't. You love those. I, bet. <laughs> I do. It's true. I do. Uh, All right. So, um, what are we, what are we doing today? Yeah. yeah. So just for fun, we wanted to spend today talking about the horror books we have encountered over the years, our favorite horror tropes and other low pressure, spooky, scary stuff. Yeah. And I, I, specified books because we always kind of gravitate toward movies because we're horror movie buddies in fact we're gonna go see a horror movie together after this yeah we are but yeah so I was like we are specifically talking about the horror books books (laughs) um so Corinne what was um what was your first horror book or what were some of your first horror books sure I think if um probably scary stories to tell in the dark was my gateway into the genre, as I imagine it was many other people's um, as well. And then uh, Christopher Pike, I was also really into. And I think like, so wait, how old are you? I'm like, how old are you? Eight I am 34. Okay, so yeah, so I'm eight years older than you. So I think Christopher Pike was like after your time, but okay. in my time, he was like the R.L. Stein of, uh, I don't know, of like horror of that, for that age group, so. I remember seeing him in the middle school library, but yeah, yeah it was more yeah. like, yeah, it was more fierce R.L. Stein and uh, yeah. uh, V.C. Andrews, which oh, was yeah. old also. So. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those were probably my favorite that I remember. And I read like, I think all the Christopher Pike books. I like, as soon as I discovered him, I feel like I devoured all of them. 
And then I also did read, of course, Flowers in the Attic. Uh, but I did not, I was not curious enough to read any of her other books after Flowers in the Attic. I was like, you know, this whole like incest thing is enough for me. So I'm just going to stop here. And I feel okay with that decision. So, yeah. I read the first couple chapters of it and then I got bored. And then I heard there was incest and then I didn't want to read anymore. Yeah. There's also a part with it. Don't they eat a rat or something? I don't know because I decided not to read read it. Yeah. There's a part where they eat a rat because they're like being starved. And it's like the only thing they can find in the attic is like that. Other than flowers. Other than flowers. (laughs) And brother, sister, love. Yeah. I know. I know. and also I think I told you the mother in that book is I have the same name as her so that was too bad too oh that's not good terrible so yeah that was the I found out um from listening to another like a crime podcast that um Edmund Kemper yeah who was like the co-ed killer in Santa Cruz and he's really he was in a manhunter I believe the uh, Netflix show yeah. Oh, that yeah. David Fincher did. So he was he was prominently featured in that one. He used to do he did hundreds of audiobooks because they used oh. to have prisoners do audiobooks. Oh shit! Wow. Yeah, and so he did he did Flowers in the Attic. <laughs> oh my god! There's oh. like an excerpt I can show you of him reading the first page of Flowers in the Attic. I would actually like to see. That. And that is like the <laughs> worst. That. Yeah. That's so gross. Yeah, it was really, yeah, I can only imagine. Imagine you Ooh. listen to the Flowers in the Attic audiobook. Yeah. And then you find out that a guy who like murdered his mother and like did all of the terrible things he did to those yep. women was the person yeah. who read it. Just yeah. So many layers of fucked up. That's really true. Yeah. But that was a great show. All right. What would you say your first horror book I want to hear, because I also read scary stories to tell in the dark when I was a kid and it scared the crap out of me because I was a huge scaredy cat as a kid Mm -hmm. I was afraid of everything like I could barely watch scary movies um ever until I was a teenager and then so I read a couple scary stories to tell in the dark and then I got scared I liked the um the one that scared me for whatever what reason was like the um the I actually was really scared of the lady with the ribbon around her neck Oh yeah, that one is scary. Yeah, whose head falls off. Yes, that was really that was very creepy. Yeah. I think I had it in my head like what if my head could just accidentally fall off like that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the thing that scared me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what if that happened? <laughs> oh, so here's a chi- a children's book that is like a great um example of what a chicken I was when I was a kid. Um it was this book by Chris Van Alsberg, who wrote and I believe wrote and illustrated the Polar Express. Oh, okay. Um, he did this book called the mystery or the mysteries of Harris Burdick. Okay. And it was just a series of illustrations that this author who had disappeared had left behind and they were oh. all like story ideas that never made it nobody knew where this author went and it was it's beautiful um black and white um illustrations Mm -hmm. and so I picked the book out of the library in Santa Barbara which is like where my you know where my mom grew up and we would Mm -hmm. frequently go there 
And so I picked it up the Santa Barbara library, which was in the same library system as you know, where I lived. And there was this one illustration of a woman lying asleep in bed with an open book next to her, like she'd fallen asleep reading. Mm -hmm. And out of the book, there was just vines growing and like spreading across the pages. Like Uh it was about to be an evil plant that ate her. And I was so scared of that picture in particular that when we got back to where I lived, Mm -hmm. um, fortunately in the same library system, I had to return the book like to the book (laughs) box. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And I was, and mom was like, why are you so upset about this book? And I was like, "Eh, it's so scary. And she's like, okay, well, we're not going to have it in the house. You have to go put it in the box. Oh my god. <laughs> um and also weird weird thing today yeah. uh I got a package from mom she sent me a present mm-hmm. and it's the same author Chris Van Alsberg uh released a 25th anniversary of a book called The Widow's Broom. Okay. And she just sent it to me and I said, "How oh. did you know I was going to talk about Chris Van Alsberg today?" Yeah. And she's like, yeah. "I just, you know, kind of a mother knows sort of thing." Sure, sure. <laughs> so that was neat. But yeah, those were the children's ones. And mm-hmm. then when I got older, I really liked Lois Duncan, uh, yes. who I believe we have spoken about. She did. I know what you did last summer and stranger with my face oh. was the one that really got me. I don't know if you ever read that. I never did. Mm-mm. It was like, oh God, we're doing spoilers on this. Cause all these books are old. Um, just for the record, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the conceit was this girl would go to sleep and she um, was talented in the ways of astral projection and didn't know what that was. She'd just travel. And she kept seeing another, like herself at the window. Um, and she found out she had an evil twin. Oh, damn. Who was like trying to get into her body for some oh, reason. I hate when that happens. I yeah. know. I think yeah. that instilled my lifelong fear of doppelgangers, though. That makes sense. I could see that. Mm-hmm. That book. <laughs> and that, um, I didn't read a lot of Goosebumps because I was a big chicken. So yeah, it was mostly like Lois Duncan and mm-hmm. then, um, you know, yeah. random kids books that scared the shit out of me when I was unprepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And when I was, um, when I was 16, I believe, um, I read the exorcist after watching the movie. Oh, I refuse to read that book. That'll scare me. Really it's fast. great, but yeah, it, it would scare you. Yeah. I don't think I can. That was when the switch flipped. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> it, was a, yeah. it was around that time where I was just like, actually, I really like this, yeah. but, um, I apologize if I've told this on the podcast before, but when I was reading the book, it was during Christmas break. Yeah. And one day I was like sleeping in my mom's bed for some reason. I don't remember why. And I woke up at 11 o'clock to the bed, just shaking. Oh, you did tell me this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I was in the yeah. middle of reading the exorcist and oh I was just like, God. the first yeah. thought I had, instead of being like, Oh no, I'm so scared was you've got to be fucking kidding. Me. <laughs> <laughs> like mom walks into the, into the hallway outside and like puts her arms up and goes earthquake because <laughs> we live in, we lived in California. So it was like, obviously this is what happening. Why are you lying there like an idiot? So, um, yeah, mom is featuring heavily in this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> hi Rosemary. Yeah. 
Um, oh yeah. That was the, that was the bridge. I think that was, I see. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I was thinking the other day I have, speaking of the exorcism, I have all these movies that I bought that I like will not watch because I'm too scared of them. And I don't know why I even bought them in the first place. Like, like the exorcism of Emily Rose or like the conjuring. Like I, mean, do, I you, do you yeah. want to watch them? I mean, I do, but I also don't think I will not be scared. I like, mean, give them to me oh. and watch them at my house. Yeah, that would be. Better. That sounds like a win-win. Maybe to, that's true. Maybe I just need to watch them with you. And Give me free DVDs because yeah. I'm too scared. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, what were like the things? I think I have some some uh, uh some ideas about some this. ideas about this. But like, what were the horror yeah. tropes that scared you the much the most as a kid? Oh, okay. Well, having been raised Catholic, uh, for sure, anything having to do with like demon possession possession by the devil um like i don't think i was scared like vampires zombies none of that stuff ever scared me even like serial killers like true crime stuff i was like whatever um but yeah definitely stuff that was like someone like possessing someone else like anything having to do with an exorcism that was the stuff that scared me the most for sure so what about you um definitely body horror okay. um yeah so like messed up stuff happening to your body um monsters and animals like actually back to chris van Osberg in jumanji um there's a one of the things is like this fly that bites you and you like get sick and fall have a sleeping sickness oh um and then i found out as a kid that that's a real thing and it freaked me the hell out i was so scared of this fly and I was like, it could be anywhere. And then like the head falling off thing. So yeah, I guess it was mostly body horror. Of course okay. I was scared. And then, but I was scared of everything. Yeah. Right. Right. So if anything was, I guess ghosts too, cause I was really scared of the headless horseman oh. Oh. <laughs> from the cartoon. I was so uh-huh. scared of him. That was a scary cartoon. I remember that. Yeah. 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 So I guess like, yeah, body horror and monsters, probably monster ghosts. What about now? I mean, I know you're still scared of like demons. <laughs> yeah, that really has not changed. Uh, paranormal stuff. I still have not watched any of the paranormal activity movies because I'm too scared of that. Um, ghosts, like, I guess I'm, I mean, same diff, right? As paranormal. So yeah, I guess I'm scared of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much just, and it's still the standard exorcism, like demon stuff. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much on my list still. Like, I, I'm trying to think of like, the other stuff really doesn't freak me out that much at this point that I can think of, that I can think of. Okay. So what about you? Kind of similar, but curses more, ah, yes. more uh-huh. than, um, more than just like demon and demon possession. Cause I think it's so hard. I was actually listening to a podcast with Grady Hendrix on it and also Paul Tremblay and I forget who else but they were talking about how hard it is to scare to create a new demon possession movie that people are scared of um because everyone just recreates the exorcist over and over again yeah yeah but well, it's a perfect film why would you not it really is I mean in terms of being scary yeah hell yeah um but yeah, now, now I would say, well, like hereditary oh, yes. and the grudge and yes. the ri- like, I, I honestly like half of all ha- uh, Asian, East mm-hmm. Asian horror movies are like yeah. about curses yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> where it's just like, you have, you, you fucked up on one thing and now you have no control over the terrible fate that awaits you. 
Um, and it's usually something crawly with like scary eyeballs and something like that. So I guess that's also monsters, <laughs> but a little bit of demons, you know, hail Paymon and whatnot. Right. <laughs> oh, do the horror books that you like to read differ from the horror movies you like to watch? You know, I think I tend more toward, I'm going to, I'm going to look at my list of the horror books that I like. And I think a lot of them are more kind of adventure-y. Mm, okay. When I look at this list of the horror um, books that I like, a lot of them have to do about with like conflicts, interpersonal conflicts or um, mysteries that people have to figure out. Um, and there's a lot of like action in them. So I'm think I'm looking at my list here. And I have House of Leaves, which. Oh, yeah. How I was going to ask you, how is that? I've never read that. Everybody tells me it's like, well, I've heard it's terrifying. No one has actually told me that. I've just read reviews. There is a big, there is a big part of it that includes exploring a house that is bigger on the inside and that they like find caverns inside of it. The format is disturbing. And Ah. I think that's what makes it so scary. Gotcha. But you know, they're exploring in this big house and it's kind of Blair Witch Project E. That's what I was gonna. Is it what did it was it published right around that time too? It was before, before. I think. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but apparently it like was passed around as zines in the 90s. Oh, so in like multiple parts. Mm -hmm. That's part of the allure and the uh the the marketing, the attraction. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so like that and um I don't know if you ever read Nosferatu or watched the show or whatever by Joe Hill. I've seen the movie many times, but yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of adventure She's got Mm -hmm. that triumph bike. Right, right. She has to like go over a bridge into the past and stuff like that. that's true, yeah. So yeah, I think I'm more more, like adventure focused with horror where there's like a problem to solve. And these are the books. Like when when I watch a, it, for example, the new version of it, that to me is, has that like adventure movie quality, but it's less fun to me than like a book, a horror book. Not it though. It is boring as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I forgot that, um, I read a bunch of Stephen King books, like in high school, and I think I read, and I think it was the same thing as you, where I read some of it and I couldn't finish it because I was just bored by it. So it was like, I don't know. And I'm not scared of clowns. Like I just, I don't, yeah. I don't I'm not either. Yeah. I think it's a weird thing to be scared of. I don't know. Maybe if I had a bad experience at the circus from childhood, but like, I don't know. I feel like it's a bandwagon fear and I'm going to be yeah. a jerk about that, but I feel like yeah. it's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, somebody said that they're scared of clowns. That's funny. Oh no, I'm scared of clowns too, right. guys. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I remember I read Pet Cemetery, and that scared me. The Shining was really scary. I thought, um, but yeah, I think Salem's Lot. Was... I never read that. Really? Mm-hmm. That was good. Yeah. It's yeah. scared. It scared yeah. me of all the, oh. of all the Stephen King ones I read. I think it's like his second book or something oh, okay okay yeah that one scared me and it's vampires oh okay I like vampires yeah right. I mean I'm not super into them but they're good they're fun yeah oh so you know how I was like talking about body horror when I was a kid so Nicole Wolverton recommended as her favorite horror book in episode 54 um the cipher by oh. Kat Koja 
mm-hmm. and I read it and it is body horror, like, uh, like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, okay. it's disgusting, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also like really, really neat. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, is it recent? No, it's, it's from like 91, I believe. Oh, okay. Okay. But it's this portal opens up in this guy's laundry room okay. and, um, he, something happens where he ends up sticking his hand into it and it comes mm-hmm. back and it's got like a hole in his hand and then it's like Ooh. festering all the time. But then he starts getting all these like psychic powers and everybody comes, becomes addicted to the hole in the ground and, and it's like, you can't go in there. And then there's like a terrible, scary movie where it's like showing someone who did go in and Ooh. yeah, but yeah. I, I highly recommend it. It's okay. Yeah. It N- really Nicole scary. steered us in the right direction <laughs> on that one. So yeah. What about you? What, what, uh, what differs the books that you like oh, yeah. to read for horror from the movies you like to watch? I think I, well, maybe it's, I feel like now I don't really read any like traditional horror books anymore. I feel like I read a lot like real life horror. So you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like the things like, uh, like I read a lot of books about cults, which is horrific, obviously when someone goes through that experience. Um, also I know I put revolutionary wrote on oh. like, because that was, I mean, that's terrifying in its own way, you know, I thought, um, t- speaking of like terrible interpersonal relationships. Oh, um, and then, bleak. Uh, bleak yeah. is the word for that. Yeah. And then there was um, Jeanette Winterson's memoir called Why Be Happy When You Could Be Normal, which was something that her mother said to her, which is great. Um, wow. Yeah. So like that was, I mean, that's another thing too, where it's just like growing up with a parent who actively hates you that's horrific you know so like yeah. that kind of stuff that sounds awesome. that's the kind of stuff I read now though I don't read I feel like I don't read maybe I should get back into reading like horror stuff that's like not true anymore that would be probably less depressing than I mean it's stuff. still depressing because yeah as an adult I feel yeah. like it's harder to say it's just a story to yourself yeah that's true that's true yeah. I might just be you know I may have just pulled that out of my ass but mm-hmm. um yeah yeah. It makes you think of real things when you read mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked, I, I like Paul Tremblay. I would yeah. recommend I've Paul Tremblay. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, although like trigger warning for, Ooh, terrible choice of words for yeah. her violence <laughs> against children. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Um, Oh, and then I read it was, they were pushing it really hard a couple of years ago, but I believe he is a Portland author, um, yeah. Dan Kayon. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Ill Will was a really, really good horror book. Oh, okay. And okay. it has satanic panic stuff in it. So I think oh, you would like it. Oh yes, I would. Yeah. And also oh my God. So because yeah. I was reading my best friend's exorcism finishing yeah. up so I could give it back to you today. Um, I watched the Geraldo Rivera special. Oh, I've never seen it's that. on YouTube. Oh, I should watch it. And it's so famous. And it's, yeah. um, oh yeah. They interview Ozzy Osbourne and King Diamond <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Not together, but like separately. Oh, I wish they had. Yeah. Oh my God. Crazy. Can you imagine? <laughs> so much evil in one room. <laughs> Ozzy is just like, for one thing, his hair isn't black. <laughs> and uh-huh. He's just like, I just think we're getting a bum rap and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> Or I'll just like, but you say hail Satan in it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then he's like talking to this guy on death row, and he's like, "Is it true that 
you sold your soul to the devil for 10 in exchange for 10,000 souls. And he's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Geraldo's like, why'd you do it? And he goes, well, it's really hard to explain to people because they just don't understand. Geraldo's like, listen, Buster, I asked you about the 10,000 souls. (laughs) I'm like, you just called that guy Buster. Oh, God. What a newsman that guy is. What a hero, an American (laughs) fucking hero. God. Doesn't he have his own show on Fox now? Yeah. For a while. I think he did. Yeah. He's fine. Or yeah, I don't know. I don't. Every time I see him, I'm just filled with rage. I know. But it's. How do you think his mustache feels? (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Just end my life. (laughs) I'm getting all this negative publicity. Because I'm attached to your face. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah but I, I would. Um, it's called exposing Satan's underground. Oh, okay. Yeah, devil worship, exposing devil Satan's worship. underground. And then they also have Michael Aquino on it. I don't know who, if you know who that is. Don't. But he was like a colonel in the U.S. Army. Okay. And he founded the tep- Temple of Set, which okay. was like a. Sp- break off group from i believe the church of satan sorry if i'm getting that wrong okay um but he just screams at this guy about how he like how can you uphold the values of the american people while worshiping satan and he's like well it's like a recognized religion and he's like how let read from your book and he's like you're not supposed to take it literally and he's like i don't care (laughs) You're a bad American. Oh my God. You don't deserve to wear the uniform. (laughs) It's just so dramatic. And I'm watching it like people really believed this shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before every story, he's like, well, this is unsubstantiated and this (laughs) there's no proof of this, but let me tell you this terrible story about the dead. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's hard to like imagine because I think that what was that like early 80s, mid 80s when that kind of took hold the satanic yeah. panic stuff? Because it was like, I mean, I was a kid then. So it's like, and you weren't even born yet. So no. like, I don't even remember. I mean, I don't, but it's like, I feel like it gripped the nation. Like everyone was terrified their kid was going to become a satan. And D&D yeah. and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it was finally kind of lightening up in the 90s when I yeah, became I coherent. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, those are my recommendations for you. Yeah, I like them. I like them. I'll put them on my list. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. So so I, I think that now we can uh, talk a little bit, do, another, do one more callback to our first episode. What do you think? Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Actually, no, it's not our first episode. It is a combination of our first episode and our second Halloween episode. Um, so episode 31 we talked about Joyce Carol Oates um, and just uh, mostly her keyboard. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> her keyboard and her terrible takes, which have not ended. <laughs> the terrible Twitter takes have not ended. <laughs> oh, I hope they never do. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. They're, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so we talked about her in 31 and then in episode nine, which was our first Halloween episode, mm-hmm. we did these dramatic readings of like scary stories that were posted on Facebook as like chat videos. So it looks like live text messages happening in right. front of you. Yep. Um, and 
it was really fun. I yeah. haven't seen a lot of them, but I have yeah, I haven't either. But yeah. it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. But um I wanted to kind of hip everyone to one of my favorite Twitter accounts, which is uh the Midnight Society, um, which is at midnight underscore pals on Twitter. Um it's one of my very favorites and it, it does script style dialogues between different horror authors and directors um, with occasional guest spots uh-huh. of other authors and directors. <laughs> um, and so I found one that was Joyce Carol Oates um, speaking based on one of her many Twitter terrible takes. Uh-huh. Um, and it, the funny part is we discovered as we were doing a practice read through that this person calls it calls her Carol Joyce Oates. <laughs> so I like question whether they knew who she mm-hmm. was before this. Happened. Yeah. Um, so the the background is the fact that that she quote tweeted a picture that someone had posted of a house decorated for Halloween with a bunch of fake skeletons crawling up into people's windows. And in parentheses, lowercase, the tweet said, you can always recognize a place in which no one is feeling much or any grief for a lost loved one in death, dying, and everyone you love decomposing to bones is just a joke. What a buzzkill. I know. Carol Joyce. (laughs) Carol Joyce. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, and another background explanation of the thing we are about to read is she also tweeted in the last couple years this horrifying graphic photo of uh, her foot that she had crushed it's just this you know I believe she's in her 80s but just crushed woman's foot (laughs) and everyone was like why would you do this it's the keyboard all over again Uh, so the cast of characters in this little uh, uh, Twitter dialogue is Stephen King, Edgar Allan Poe, Dean Koontz, and of course, Joyce Carol Oates, or here, Carol Joyce Oates. So, <laughs> I'm saving myself for the theater. <laughs> okay. Stephen King. Hey, guys. Happy Halloween. You know what that means. Poe. Steve, it's not the time. King, it's time for ghosts and skeletons. Steve, Steve, show some restraint. What? Carol Joyce Oates has discovered death. She's really distraught. King, I thought we could hang up this paper skeleton, you know, for decoration. Carol Joyce Oates, typical. Only a person completely unaware that man is a mortal being would make a mockery of her ultimate fate. King. It's articulated. I thought it would be fun. Oh, sure. Laugh it up, Steve. It's all very funny for you, who lives entirely in the present moment, unable to conceive of the inevitable passage of time. But I, who understand the way of all flesh, find nothing funny about death. Well, gee, I uh, didn't realize this was such a sore subject. Poe, just give her some time, Steve. She's processing. Oats, I don't see what's so funny. I mean, do you know the odds that you yourself will die someday, Steve? They're probably like at least 50%. King. Jeez, why is Carol so down on Halloween all of a sudden? Poe. I think that whole incident with the foot really made her aware of her own mortality. Oh, yeah, the foot. That was a bad scene. King. What's a skeleton's favorite snack? 
oats. Skeletons cannot eat. They have journeyed into that dark country of no return and transcended human comforts or sustenance. Who can laugh at that? King. No, the answer is spare ribs. Coons. Ha! Spare ribs. I get it. And scene. <laughs> I have wasted hours on this account. <laughs> you do love it. It's cute though. I love it. I love that you love it. <laughs> yes, I, I send many. Uh, I send many of them <laughs> to Corinne, <laughs> and I graciously and gladly accept them because they are hilarious. Yeah. Well, Corinne, do you have anything to add? Because we have to, we have to get ready to go yeah. eat pizza and watch a movie. Watch a scary movie. Uh, I don't think I do. Um, I'm just happy to be back, and uh, you know, um, celebrating our favorite season of the year. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have anything else to say. Happy Halloween. Yeah, we'll be coming uh, coming back with more interviews with people and uh, hopefully some more funsies episodes like this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess I could announce this here, but I have gone full time with my business, which Huzzah! is yeah, called Yay! Hybrid Pub Scout Media. Mm-hmm. And mostly what it is right now is assisted self-publishing services and writing services. So uh, if you visit the Hybrid Pub Scout website, there will be more information about working with me slash us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And you can find us at hybridpubscout.com on Twitter at Hybrid Pub Scout on Facebook at Hybrid Pub Scout on Instagram at Hybrid Pub Scout pod and you can find us on your favorite podcast apps and please give us a nice rating, a nice five-star rating and a, a, a good review. That's right. Um, thanks for listening and thanks for giving a rip about books. <laughs> <laughs>